We're up to the beginning of Tzadi Zayin with Aleph. The last thing we talked about, we're not going to go into the details of the back and forth of Rav and Rav Meir and the Chum and the Shittas are reversed, but Bekitzer, Rav Paskin like Rav Meir, and that was regarding that there is Shinoi is not kinda by Avodim. Why? Because Avodim are like Karka. Avodim are like Karka. That's the main point. There's a Shaila throughout Shas. Do we treat Avodim like movables or like Karka? Rav is clearly saying Avodim are treated like Karka. Here's the problem. Umi Amar Rav Avda Kimekarki Dami. Did Rav actually paskin that Avodim should be treated like Karka? Here's the problem. Vamar Rav Daniel Bar Katina Amar Rav Hatekeb Avdishal Chaver Vaasa Okay, interesting. You go to someone's slave, you steal him, and you force him to do work. And then you return him. What's the halacha? Potter. You don't have to pay anything else. Now here's the rule. The rule is like this. What does that tell you about the dynamics of avodim? So it's like this. If I steal uh, a broom, yeah? I steal a broom from you and I use it to, to sweep up the whole floor of my house, making it improved financially. You know what I have to return to you? The broom. I don't have to pay for any additives. I stole a broom, I return a broom. That's because it's movable. But what if instead of, we just started, what if instead of breaking, what if instead of stealing a broom, I break into your house and I live there for a month? So what's the halacha? I have to pay rent. Why? You can't steal a home. It's not possible. Therefore, when you break in, all you're doing is renting it. So you have to pay for it. So it's, here's the Shiloh. I grab your Eved, and I use him, and then I, I steal him from you, and then I return him to you. So what's the halacha? I don't have to pay for any improvements. If avodim are like metaltalin, if avodim are like movables, then they're treated like anything else that you steal, which is you return the item, yoytzezayim. But if you hold avodim is like karka, where it's not possible to be stolen, so you have to pay for rent, so I should have to pay for the rental of your evet. So the fact that he holds, that Rav holds, that you don't have to pay for the rental indicates that Avodim are treated like movables. And you steal them and you return them. So how could Rav say that Avodim are treated like Karka? If they're treated like Karka, you should have to pay for rent. Why not? You used it. So says the Gemara, I'll tell you why. You know what the case is? The case is, Taka Avodim are treated like Karka. I, if I treat it like Karka, I should have to pay rent. The answer is, I stole your Eved not during work hours. Therefore, what? It's Zenena Vizelei Chaser. Meaning, you're saying, if I steal your Eved, let's assume an Eved is mamish like a, a house. So let's talk about a house for a second. If we've got an Eved, I break into your house and I sleep in your home. Stealing. It's not stealing the home. You can't steal the home, but I'm using it without your permission. I have to pay rent. But what if it's a house that you're not using? It's called Zenena which according to one opinion, you don't have to pay for. So really, Avodim is treated like karka. But, so why don't you have to pay rent if you steal it? You should have to pay for like a, like a rental fee for stealing it. The answer is, you stole him during hours that don't affect the owner. The owner doesn't use him on Fridays. You stole him on Fridays. So it's zenena vizelei chaser. It's akin to breaking into someone's home that he doesn't plan on using anyway. So says the Gemara. He said, I break into your house without your permission, but you're not planning on using the house. So what's the halacha? About a couple lines in. You don't have to pay for it. Why? Because Meaning, really, I've other treated like karka. 
I said, if it's treated like karka, if you steal an evid, you should have to pay for it. Just like if you steal a house, you have to pay rent. The answer is that you only have to pay rent if the person was going to use the house. If the person wasn't going to use the house, it's zenana vizelo chaser. You're benefiting from using the house. The owner of the house doesn't mind because it's zelo chaser. You don't have to pay. So too, the cases where he stole the evid, shaloi bishas malacha. He stole him at a time where the owner doesn't use him. So it's zenana vizelo chaser. Correct. We're talking about a specific case where he does not care. If he cares, of course you have to pay. But it's Zenen of Zelochasa, meaning it's not like it's a rental house. It's an extra house he doesn't notice. So the owner of the Evid has to also not care. So, so why would he not care? So it's at a time where he doesn't use him. But the body of the Oh, so my father's making a great point. The Gemara's going to ask this Akasha. I understand why if I break into your house when no one's around and you're not planning on using it, it's Zenen of Zelochasa for two reasons. First of all, if you remember, we had this we had this a while ago. I don't remember when, but we had this. Um, I could have been like 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 a couple months ago. That the reason why Zenan was al by a house is because a dilapidated house um, it, it falls apart. Also, the shade in that will attack. So you actually want someone to say like when you're when you go away, you want someone to go in, turn the pipes on. It's actually beneficial. So the reason it's not like it's not like zenan of It's like it's zenan of zenana. It's not like zelochaser. If I use your eved when he's during downtime, that's actually bad because now he's more run down. Like he's got, he's a body. Like he's got joints and he's got ligaments. You use him all the time. It's not zenan of zelochaser. It's zechaser. I don't. I, if I don't use my eved on Fridays and you steal him on Fridays and use him, oh zenan of zelochaser. We're gonna use him anyway. No, he's now weaker. He's getting tired. He won't work as well. His ligaments are going to break down. It's not the same as a house. So the Gemara says, hasha, how do you compare a slave to a house? When it comes to a house, using it is then of Why? According to one opinion, is because an inhabited house remains inhabitable, meaning a dilapidated house breaks down. That's just the nature of it. You got to check to make sure that the plumbing is working, and you want someone to be in your house, so it's then of Zelochaser. Or or we had another opinion that there's a shade who attacks dilapidated houses. Either way, I want my house to be used. As my father mentioned, but when you use a slave, he's getting weaker. It's weakening him. So how could you say it's Zenan of Zelochaser? I think it's Zenan of Zelochaser. So you know what the answer is? Amri, hachanami, nichalei, delaglistere, avde. The answer is no. A slave owner would rather his slave work, even if it weakens him, so that he doesn't get used to being lazy. So it's kedai for my side. Let's say I don't work my slave on Fridays. You take him. I, it's not good for me because he's tired now. I'd rather him be tired and be used to working than to have 24 hours of him just smoking cigarettes and lying around. So therefore, it is zenen of zeloi chaser, and it's actually nichole because you prefer the evit to work. Okay. So now the Gemara says the following story, and as you're going to see, there is a major issue with what they did. So the Gemara says, Be Rav Yosef Barchama havetokiv avde de inchi damasik bezuze. Okay, Rav Yosef Barchama had people that owed him money, but they couldn't pay. So what he would do is he would go to their house, and when they would have off days by their slaves, he would take their slaves and make them work. Now here's the problem. As we're going to see, I'll, say, I'll sort of spoil the Gemara. The reason why he did this, I, it's stealing the slaves, as we just got finished saying, it's not stealing the slaves, it's Zenan of Zelochaser. But here's the issue with this, and this is why the Gemara is going to say he had to stop. This is very close to Ribas. 
Because think about it. I lend you $1,000. If I get anything more than $1,000 back, that's interest. What am I getting back? I'm getting back $1,000. But on the off days, I'm actually stealing your EVID. So that's not good because then it's like I lent you $1,000, but I'm getting back $1,000 and free slave labor. So because so it's one thing to do this to an Eved of just a rando, but if you do it to people that owe you money, that's way worse. And that's the Gemara is going to point out. So the Gemara says that he would do this. So so first the question was, so his son said, why isn't this stealing? Forget about the interest. He's just, he would take avadim of people that owed him money. He would take their avadim on off days and have them work in his house. I guess practically he got to know the people. So like, if I lend Adam money, so I, I interact with him, I notice that Adam has a slave, and he's like, oh, he doesn't work on Friday? Send them over. And he would take the slaves on off days of the people that he lent money. So first the question is, Without permission, by the way, we just take them. So the first question is, why isn't that stealing? Now, we just got finished saying why this is stealing, why this isn't stealing, because it's Zed and Hebzel but let's get there. So he says, why isn't it stealing? So he said the reason why it's not stealing is because a slave that's not worth the, is not worth the bread of his stomach, meaning I feed him. When he steal, stole the slaves for the day, he would actually feed them. So he said the owner, it's Kedai for the owner, because slaves eat more than they work, so feeding slaves is a net negative. So I'm actually feeding them so the owners happy. So Amar Lei, Eimadam Rav Nachman, maybe slaves only, because Rav Nachman said that slaves eat more than they make. So he says maybe that's only true, going Doru Avde, like his slave. His slave, his name was Doru, the Merakid Bekuvi, that he would dance in bars uh, in order to earn drinks. So his, his slave was not a hard worker. He would hang out in the bars and, and dance for drinks. So Rav Nachman used to say, slaves drink and eat more than they make. Yeah, his slave eats more than they make. But the Gemara says, Kulu maybe the average slave, the, the owner is happy to pay him and feed him, not, not to pay him, to feed him, because it's worth it. So how, why are you saying that what you're doing is beneficial for the owner? Because you're feeding them. I think the average slave probably makes more money in the day than he feeds. So the Gemara says, As we just quoted from Rav Daniel, As we just got finished saying, you're allowed to steal a slave on the off day because it's Zen Enem Zelochaser, because the owner would rather the slave not have time off uh, even if it does weaken him. So he's saying that's the reason why I take the slaves. So Rava's son, Rava, the son, uh, Rava, who's this? Rava's talking to his father. This is Be'rav Yosef Barchama. So Rava says to his father, you've explained how it's not stealing, because it's Zen and of his Elochaser. But Amr Lehani, Mili Hechatalei Masik Bozuzi, Mark, even the Masik Bozuzi, Mirsi Karibis. But you can't do this. It's one thing to steal someone's slave, it might be permissible, but they owe you money. So now it looks like ribis. Why? Because you're lending $1,000, getting $1,000 back, but also getting free slave labor. And yes, while the two actions are really unrelated, it looks really bad. Right? They're not really related because it's not like you're giving him slave as part of the payments for the loan. But it looks really bad. And therefore, Rabbi says to Rabbi Chama, this is not appropriate. And I'll prove it to you. The halach is, as we said, that you could stay in someone's house if they don't mind, because then end of zelochaser, but not if they owe you money. Because if they owe you money, it looks like you're getting your money back and you're getting free board. So that's not allowed. So why are you allowed to do this? So Amr Lehadrbi, he said, okay, I'll stop. 
I'll stop. I, I won't do this anymore. Good point. Good har. It's a bad optic. It's a very, very bad optic, he said. Okay, I'm going to stop. It's not ribis de raisa because it's not ribis ksutza. Even ribis de rabana. It's ribis de rabana. It's ribis de rabana. It's not ribis de raisa because it, it, ribis de raisa would be, I'm going to lend you, uh, stipulated, I will lend you $1,000 and pay you $1,000 and give you my free slave labor. That's ribis ksutza where it's, it's stipulated at the time of the loan. This is just, it's not de raisa, it's de rabana. It looks really bad. Correct. It's just not. It's not a. It's not a good look. Okay. It's mar hatoykev svinase shalchaverev also bemalacha. Very interesting. I steal your boat, and I um, and I use it. I steal your boat and I use it. So here's the question: What do you pay me back? So what? There's two options. You could pay me rent for the boat, or you could pay me the damages that I did for the boat. So, now, and they could be different amounts, right? I could have done $100 worth of damage, but the rent is $1,000 a day. So Rav says, Rav says the owner of the boat can take whatever is more. He can take rental fee for the amount of time that you stole it, or he could take damages fee. Now, the reason why this is a chiddish, I'll tell you why this is a chiddish. Boats are considered movables. That's the assumption. They're not considered homes, they're movables. They move by their nature. Now, movables, as we finished saying before, if I steal your broom, which is a movable, and I use it, I don't pay for rent on the broom. I return the broom. What I do have to pay for any damages I did. Understood. If it's rent, if I'm a robber, I won't pay for rent, I'll pay for damages. If I'm a renter, then I'm going to pay for rent, but I'm not going to pay for damages because damages are, that's an onus and it's not my problem. Rav is saying, basically, you could treat this boat thief, you could treat it, you have a choice. You could either treat him as a robber, in which case he'll pay damages, not rent, or you could treat him as a renter, in which case he'll he'll pay for rent, not damages. The point is, you never pay for both. Because if you're a renter, and an onus happens and it breaks... You're potter, but you have to pay for rent. If you're a robber, you pay for you pay you don't pay for rent, but you pay for damages. So Rav says we're going to treat him as either one, which is a tremendous chiddush that we could look at it as not a robber. We could look at it as a renter. It's a big chiddush. He's treating it as metaltalin. No, I think I, I would look at it as both, but he's looking at it as straight up metaltalin. But he's allowing you. Oh. So the, we're, we're going to address it in a second. So the Gemara says, Ratzah schar noitel, Ratzah noitel. Now, so the Gemara says, Shmuel disagrees. He says, Shmuel says, why would you pay rent? Shmuel says, it's movable. Why are you paying rent? You pay for damages, no rent. You're a ganif. You're not a renter. So Rav is like, we allow you to like give the tag. You get to choose. Is he a renter or a robber? Shmuel's like, why would he be a renter? He's a ganif. So says the Gemara, Amra Papa Pligi. The truth is not a machlaikis. Ho agra. The answer is it depends. What type of boat is it? Is the boat meant to be rented? If it's not meant to be rented, he's a ganif. If it's meant to be rented, then the guy just took it. You could really argue that he meant to pay, he meant to do it as rent. I he took it without permission. Okay. Uh, but at least he's in the category of renting. Yeah. 
you, you either are a renter or you're a ganav. You can't be both, right? If you're a ganav, you're not paying for rent. You're paying for damages. If you're a renter, you're paying for rent, not damages. Took a boat without permission. So it says the Gemara, it's not a machloikas. Oh, so that, that's the point. So the Gemara says, really, the case is it's a boat that's meant to be rented. It's a boat that's, uh, you know, it's up for rent. So Shmuel says, I don't care that it's up for rent, you're still a Ghanaf. Rav says, because it's up for rent and he took it, you can look at him as a renter, a renter without permission. Yeah. No, 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 no. He didn't. It's not the case. The case is where it says five dollars an hour, but but ask us first. <laughs> you just took it. So so Shmuel says you're a ganav. Rav says it's meant to be rented. You could probably assume that he meant to rent it. He just didn't ask. Like, yeah. Those city bank, city, yeah, city, city bank, bikes. Bank, bikes. Yeah. It's interesting. That's the first approach to understand that. It's a little bit understanding. A little bit on this. You understand Rav a little bit more and. Another approach, or Iba Yisema, Hava Adiliv Agra, Agra, Gazlanusa. Or you could say no. Everyone agrees we're talking about the same boat. We're talking about a boat that's up for rent. The, the case is, what did you think when you took it? Uh, 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 if you intended to steal it, then Shmuel's right, that you're a Ganef. If you intended to rent it, but then you just didn't ask permission, that's when Rav feels that there's wiggle room. On the one hand, you intended to rent it, so you're a renter. On the other hand, you didn't ask permission. You're a ganif. Therefore, we give you, we slap you on the bigger, uh, the bigger bill. It's interesting. Um, the rest of the office is, 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 uh, is very easy. We had, we had in the Mishnah that for it to be a shinoi koina by a ganeva, where you don't return the item, you return the value, it has to be nikar ha'iser. So if you remember, the Mishnah said, if you steal a coin and it cracks in half, you acquired it. But if you steal a coin and it's nifsal, which means discontinued, you didn't acquire it because there's no, cla- there's no clear change in the coin itself. Says the Gemara, Am Ravuna, Nistak, Nistak, Mamish, Nifsal, Psal, Zilamalchus. Ravuna explained the way I said, which is, cracking means it's cracked, that's a shinoi. Discontinued, no shinoi. Rav Yehuda disagrees. He says, no, Psali, Malchus, Nami, Hainu, Nistak. Shmuel or Yehuda says, no, even if it's discontinued, that's also a shinoi. Meaning, if I steal coins from you and it's discontinued entirely, that's a shinoi koina. Now, by the way, let me just spoil it. How is that shinoi koina? What change happened to the coin? It was just discontinued. The answer is, it's not that any change happened to the coin, but the change is discernible. You understand? A change happening to the coin means that, like, you drew on it, you broke it. The actual coin looks different. Rabbi Huda feels that you don't need for the coin to look different to be kind of, it just has to be a discernible change happened. When they discontinue a coin, it's discernible. You want to know why? Because they put out a different coin that looks different. So Rabbi Huda says, discontinuing the coin entirely is weiter Rashinoi. I, nothing happened to the coin itself. A change happened in the world that is discernible. Because when you stole it, it was... Uh, in Aguro, whatever, I don't know if they still use them, they probably still use us, whatever, you had a, it was a, 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 a Kopec, and now they stop using the Kopec and they use the quarter. So it, 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 you definitely can see the change. So Rav Yudha feels that a Shino, as long as it's discernible, is enough. So the Gemara speaks it out. So according to Rav Yehuda, what is not considered a Shino? 
According to Rabbi Yehuda, the only change that's not a real change is where it's not discontinued entirely in the whole world, but this city stopped using it. Meaning, if the coin is discontinued entirely, that's a shinoi. The case that it's not a shinoi is where it's not discontinued entirely in the whole world, but in that city they stopped using it. But it's still legitimate in other cities, so it's not a real shinoi because it's not, it, it, it wasn't really discontinued. Okay. Very strange question. According to Rabbi Huna, um, if it's discontinued, that's not a shina because there's no physical change. So why is that when fruit rot, that's a change? I, I know, to me, it's just like, I, the Gemara, I guess, looks at it as like the outside looks the same. Oh, so the Gemara says, because it smells different and it tastes different. Meaning, even if you have an apple that on the outside looks perfect, but it's rotted in the inside, it's not like a discontinued coin, because if you bite into it, it tastes different, it looks different, it smells different. That's not the same. Okay, Amrle Rava Yehuda. Yeah, that's the mission, yeah. Correct. And you just give the value of the fruit at the time of the Geneva. So I mentioned this, but I just want to speak this outside. According to Yehuda, a discontinued coin is also a Shinoi. So why is it that if Truma became Tameh, that's not a Shinoi, what's the difference? When Truma becomes Tameh, it's not a shina because it doesn't look different. So when a coin is discontinued, it also doesn't look different. It's the same looking coin that you stole. What's the difference? So the Gemara says, You know what the difference is? Rabbi Yehuda does not believe that you need there to be a shinoi in the chayfetz itself. But rather, it has to be a discernible change. Meaning, when you take truma and then it becomes tameh, that is not a discernible change to any human being. No one can tell the difference. It's not just that a shino didn't happen to the chayfetz. It's not discernible whatsoever. But when it comes to a coin that's discontinued, while the coin looks the same, the change is noticeable. Why? Because people will see that that is an old coin, and that coin is no longer in use. So at least the shinoi is nicker, it's discernible. That's the difference. It doesn't have to be that the shinoi is in the chayfetz itself. The item itself is unchanged, but at least it's discernible. Okay. New topic. This is going to take us to the end of the daf. Itmar. Okay, here's the case. Uh, this is a this is a borrowing and uh, a borrowing a, a Malvin Loiva case. I borrow I borrow uh, a table from Adam. Okay, the table's worth hundred dollars. I borrow a table from Adam, and I stipulate I will not return the table. I'll return hundred dollars. Let's do a hundred quarters. I'll return a hundred quarters while the loan. During the time of the loan, the quarter is basically discontinued in America. It's still in use in some faraway areas, but it's not practically in use in America anymore. Here's the question. Now they're no longer using quarters, they're using dimes. I stipulate I'm going to give you quarters. The question is, can I give you quarters even though they are only in use in Kazakhstan? So like in America, they basically have no value. Yeah, if you go to Kazakhstan, they got value. 
Or do I have to give you what's used in America at the time? That's the Shiloh. So again, I borrowed an item and stipulated I would return the value of the item in quarters, because at the time that was what was in use in America. During the loan, the quarter is discontinued, but it's still in use in Eretz Yisrael, okay? So the question is, can I give you quarters now they're not in use in America. Listen, if it's not in use at all in the Gansevelt, of course it has no value. Of course you can't do that. But there's still use in Israel. So can I give you quarters that still have use in Israel? I said I'd give you quarters. I'm giving you quarters. Or you say no. When a person makes a loan, they expect quarters that are in use in the country that they're in. That's the question. So itmar hamalvus. I'm sorry. Exactly. Hamavus chaver matbeya v'nimsel matbeya. So Rav Amar go to the next page. No yisin loy matbeya. He yotze b'yisasha. Rav says. The guy wants what's in use in America. So if quarters are no longer in use in America and they're using euros, so you got to give them euros. Shmuel says no. Shmuel says no. You could tell the guy, go to Kazakhstan. Meaning, as long as the coin still has use somewhere in the world, give it to him and say, go to that place and you can use it. I told you I'll give you quarters. I'm giving you quarters. Either not have no value in America do they still have value in Kazakhstan? Yes, yeah, so go to Kazakhstan. That's the halacha. And by the way, it's a tremendous chiddush that you could do that because I, I understand that I stipulated quarters. It has no value. And you could just tell me, go to China. That's, that's a big chiddush. It says the Gemara, Amr Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says, Mistabra So Rav Nachman qualifies Shmuel and he says, listen, Shmuel Shita, that you could just tell the guy, listen, quarters are still in use in China, go to China, is only if you plan on going to China anyway. Meaning, you can't just give the guy the quarters and say, listen, they're still in use in Kazakhstan, go to Kazakhstan. I'm I'm not going there. The case is, where the guy happens to be going in a few months to Kazakhstan or to China, whatever it is, so you could say, listen, I'm going to give you quarters, and I'm not messing you up. I, you won't have use for it in the next few months. Well, in a few months, when you get on the plane and you go to China, bring them with you, and you'll be perfect. So Rishmuel was only lenient in a circumstance where you plan on going. Okay. Fine, but kids are Amaisa, we have this Machleik as Rav and Shmuel, do I have to give you the currency at the time in that location, or can I give you currency that works? Say, Svei Rav, Rav Nachman, Rav Asar Nachman, the following question, We know that Maisa Sheni, you're supposed to bring the fruit to your Shalayim, and we know that if you can't bring the fruit to your Shalayim, you transfer it onto, onto money. Now the question is, what if I have money? What's a currency that no longer exists anymore, that like someone might legitimately have. I mean, Aguros I have, but I've seen them still use it by like the Haredim. Confederate dollars. Oh, okay. So I have Confederate dollars. Oh, really? I have Confederate dollars in my, in my, in my, in my house. I want to transfer the holiness of Maishasheni money onto Confederate dollars. Says the Mishnah, no good. You had the Kuzivo, the, the Kuzivo Yushalayim money, which was currency that was minted by um, Bar Kochba. It was not in use anymore. doesn't work. The implication is, The implication is the reason why you can't transfer the holiness onto the Confederate dollars is because it's completely out of circulation. But... If it's in circulation in China, you could. So here's the kasha. The ka- yeah? Is it that it's not in circulation or that it has no value? Well, back then, I mean, it, I mean, even now, if it doesn't have, if it wasn't in circulation, it didn't have value. It wasn't, I mean, it could be melted down, but, but you'd have to, then it would have to have enough value in silver. 
The point is, if, if Today, a lot of these items that you're talking about, they have a value because just because of their um, age. Oh no, no, I'm talking about a case where there was no value. It wasn't like you know, it wasn't like uh, antique. It was just out of circulation. So the point is like this: the Mishnah says you cannot transfer the holiness of Maizasheni onto money that is completely not in cur- not in circulation. But the implication is that you could. If it has still value somewhere. So here's the question. The question is like this. The question is, yeah, that this mission is basically saying that as long as it has value somewhere, it's good. So how could Rav Nachman say that Shmuel's only lenient, that you could use the currency in China, that you could pay back the, the quarters? Because they have value in China, because you're going to go. Forget about because you're going to go. As long as it has value somewhere, that's enough. So why did Rav Nachman qualify Shmuel and say that it's only value in China? Because you're going to go to China, but if you're not going to go to China, you can't, it has no value over here. Evidently, you could you could be mechalal ma'isa sheni money on it, even though you don't plan on going. So You know the answer is? Basically, we have a contradiction. One price indicates that as long as it has value somewhere, it's considered a currency, and you could mechal sheni. But Rav Nachman said in the name of Shmuel that it's only a value if it has value somewhere, and you plan on going. So, do you have to plan on going or not? So you know what the answer is? The answer is: Can you travel there? Meaning, are they makbid? If you could travel there, meaning if they allow you the currency to be transferred, you're allowed to transfer the currency from country to country, then then it doesn't have to be that you're going to travel there. Then, then it's fine. When did Shmuel say that you have to be traveling there? When you can't transfer the money. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. So you're telling me it has to have value. It has to be that I'm going to travel there because I can't transfer the money. If I can't transfer the money, then what does traveling there have to do? What does traveling there help? So the Gemara says, Shmuel So one second. So Shmuel was talking about a case where... Shmuel said that the quarters, again, the quarters are, are not, no longer in circulation in America. The question is, can you pay back a loan, uh, the fact that they're valued in China, can you pay back a loan? Shmuel says yes, but says Rav Nachman, only if you plan on traveling there. Why? I thought as long as it has value somewhere, that's enough. The answer is, it's talking about a case where America will stop you from bringing the currency into China. China will not allow you to bring the currency. They won't allow you to travel uh, across the border. So Shmuel said, if you plan on going there, then fine. If not, not. So one second. If you can't transfer the money, then what, is, what does it help the fact that you're going there? So the Gemara says, The case is you could smuggle it in easily. If they see it, they'll confiscate it, but they, if they don't see it, it's fine. So therefore, the case is like this. So because they stop it at the border, it has to be that you plan on going there. Because if you go there, then you could actually smuggle it in. But if you don't plan on going there, the fact that they stop it makes the currency really have no value in America. So in other words, I want to pay you back quarters in America that are no longer in use, but they're in use in China. So the answer is, it depends. If you're able to travel from USA to China and, and bring the money in openly then it's fine. But if you can't bring it in openly, then, then, then Mamish has no value in America because I can't even give it to anybody because they can't bring it into the country. Okay. Toshima. So let's bring another proof to try to refute Shmuel. So again, again, Shmuel Shita is that as long as you plan on traveling there, uh, that you could say, take it to China. As long as you travel there, the fact that it has value in China is Yai design. Here's the Kasha, Toshima. Ein mechalen amoy shel kan 
Let's say you're in Bavel and you want to transfer holiness of fruit in Eretz Yisrael, right? You, again, you want to transfer Maishashani fruit. You have fruit in Tel Aviv. You happen to be in Bavel. You want to transfer it onto cash. Here's the rule. If you're in Bavel, you have to use Babylonian money. But if you're in Bavel, you cannot use Israeli money. You cannot transfer it onto shekel when you're in Bavel. And so says the Braisa, If you're in Eretz Yisrael, you can't, use, you can't transfer the holiness onto Babylonian money. And if you're in Bavel, Vishel Bavel, Hein Khan. And if you're in Bavel, you can't transfer the holiness onto shekel. Shel Bavel, Hein Bavel, Mechalin. You can only do it if you're in Bavel and it's Babylonian money. But if you're in Bavel, you can't transfer the holiness onto shekel. Why? The answer is because it doesn't have a value in the country you're in. I, it has a value in Eretz Yisrael, don't care. So here's the kasha, what did Shmuel say? That if I borrow money, if I borrow an item and I say I'll pay you back with quarters, and then they stop using the quarters, they only use it in Eretz Yisrael or in China, so Shmuel, fine, as long as it's used somewhere, that's enough. But how come by Meiser Shani, if I'm in Bavel, I can't transfer it onto Israeli shekel? Why? Because shekel doesn't have value in Eretz Yisrael, in Bavel. What do you see? That for it to have value, it has to be that it's used in that location. So why is it that I could pay you back, forget about quarters, let's go a case. Shekel was originally used in America. I, at the time of the loan, said I'll pay you back shekel. They stopped, they discontinued, but they used it in Eretz Yisrael. Says Shmuel, fine, as long as they use it in Eretz Yisrael, that's fine. But how come by Maisa Shani, I can't transfer the money when in America onto shekel? Because it doesn't have value in America. But so what? Shmuel says we look at the value as where it will be. So who cares that it doesn't have value here? So that's the Gemara's kasha. So the Gemara says, The answer is, you know what the case is? If it has value, if it has value somewhere else, that's really enough, like Shmuel says. So how come I can't transfer the holiness in Bavel onto Shekel? Because we're talking about a case where Bavel will stop you from bringing currency outside of their country. So generally, meaning, meaning, so they're going to stop you. So normally Shmuel's right. As long as the currency has value somewhere, that's enough. I say, how come I can't transfer the holiness while I'm in Bavel onto Israeli currency? We're talking about a case where they'll stop you from bringing the money into Israel. So it mamish has no value where you are. Oh, so wait a minute. So what could you do? If you're going to be in Bavel, you have to transfer the holiness onto Bavel, Babylonian coins. But if they're going to stop you at the border, you got to get to Israel, right? The whole point is of Maishasheni is you transfer the holiness onto cash, you take the cash to Yerushalayim, and you spend it. So you're telling me, how come you can't use Israeli shekel, transfer it onto shekel? Because they'll stop you at the border. They won't let you take it in. So what do you do? Transfer it onto Babylonian money. But they'll stop you at the border. The Israeli, Israeli customs won't let you in. The same way the Babylonian customs will not let you take Israeli shekel out, the Israeli customs won't let you take Babylonian shekel in, the Babylonian money in. So Anand says, so what, what, if you're telling me that they're makbid, they're at the border, you can't transfer the currency over border to border, so then why are you able to transfer the holiness onto Babylonian money? What does that help you? You've got to get it to Yerushalayim. So the Gemara says, You know the answer is? What do you normally do with Maishashani money? You normally transfer it onto cash, and then you bring the cash to Yishalayim. You know what you could do? You could transfer it onto cash, and then buy right away in Bavel a cow, and walk the cow across the border. They'll stop you from bringing in money. They won't stop you from bringing animals. See, here's what you do. You transfer the holiness onto cash, use that cash to buy an animal, and walk the animal across the border. 
Okay, one, a couple more points, and then we'll stop. Now, we just said before that you cannot, you cannot transfer the holiness onto cash, onto Israeli cash, only in Babylonian cash. But wait a minute, didn't they say, Didn't they enact that all coins can pass, all coins are acceptable for holiness, of, uh, for, for Meisheshedi? Meaning... All coins are accepted. So why are you saying that it has to be Babylonia? I thought all coins are accepted. The answer is Amrav Zer Loi Kasha Kam Bizman Shiyadi Sol Tkifa Lumasoilam Kam Bizman Shiyadi Umasoilam Tkifa Al Asma. The answer is who is in charge of Eretz Yisrael? If the Jewish people are in charge of Eretz Yisrael, they would be comfortable with all currencies, and therefore you could transfer the cash onto all currency. But when the Romans were in charge, or the Greeks were in charge, Vchule or the Babylonians, they would stop. So it just depends on who is in control of the customs of Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara ends off, What is the coin of Yushalayim? There was a coin that was minted in the times of the Gemara. What was the coin? David On one side it had the words David and Shlaimah. And on the other side it had the words Yushalayim Yerakoidish. And what is the coin that Avram Avinu minted? So in Ezekim is the an old man and a young man, an old man and old woman on one side, which is Avram and Sarah, and a young woman, a young man on the other side, which is Yitzchak and Rivka. Let's just finish up one last case. The Gemara has one last case. You'll see the problem. Very interesting. I give you a loan, okay? I borrow a table from, from uh, Adam, and I promise to pay back 10 quarters. While I'm gone, during the loan, they don't discontinue the quarter, but they replace it with a quarter that has much more silver. So now here's the question. I borrow a $100 table, and I say I'm going to pay back $100 in quarters. Now, $100 in quarters at the time of the loan was, let's say, 100 quarters, okay? The problem... The problem is now it's 50 because the now, what was it? now it's still 100 quarters, but the silver is much more. So the question is, what do I do? Do I pay back the same 100 quarters and Adam just makes more silver? Or do you say, no, that's Ribis. You can't give him back more than he lent. He's getting more silver back. What you have to give him is the the value of, of what 100 what the new hundred coins would have bought at the time of the loan. So says the Gemara, you give him the new quarters. Give him the new quarters. So now, wait a minute. Now, what if the new quarters are so large that the large is a sieve? It's fine. What if they're the size of a kartia? It's fine. Now here's the problem. Why is a ribbon? So it's very, very simple just to end off with this. I know, I know it's, it's late. We'll end with this. I borrow $100 worth of coins from Adam, and I pay back $100 of the new coins. Now, the new coins have more silver. There's two reasons why this is ribbis. What's the first reason? Buying power. New coins with more silver has more buying power. That's why it's ribbis. Now, for that, I'll just say it outside, we'll see it inside. For that, it may not be actual ribbis, because the same way they replace the coins, the coins may not have actually more buying power. The market might have fluctuated. The coins have more silver. More silver. So why would more silver matter? So number one is more buying power. Did I lose you on this? Yeah. So let's, more silver is more buying power. But it doesn't necessarily have to be more buying power because it could be with inflation that the new amount, the old coins with the less silver bought 100 apples and the new coins with more silver still buy 100 apples. It's possible that the, the, the market... But you have that 
correct. But, so the Gemara says, Amrav Papa. Well, Chazina, let's check. Yeah, if the buying power is different, then fine. But let's say the buying power is the same. The market could have fluctuated with the silver. So Gemara says, yeah, but forget about it. Forget about the buying power. You can melt it down. A hundred of the old quarters and a hundred of the new quarters. Yeah, Daddy, listen. There's the buying power, which... Okay, the buying power might be the same. You could melt it down. It has more silver. It has more value. That's ribas. So the Gemara says, But it has more silver in it to melt down. Forget about the buying power. You could live in a society where a, a, a block of gold can buy one apple. But a block of gold still has more value. So the, the more silver, is, you can melt it down. It has more buying power. So to that, that not for my power, it has more silver. The answer is, if it's more than 25% more silver, then it's a problem. Less than 25%, the actual silver doesn't matter because the cost of melting it down, you'll actually won't make money. But if it's more than 25% more silver, then you'll actually make money by melting it down, then that's ribis, and then you have to adjust. But within 25% or less, it's fine. I, it's more, buying power is the same. I, it's more silver, I can melt it down. The cost of melting it down, you'll, you won't make any more money. You understand what I'm saying? That was the ratio back then. For melting it down, that you only made money if it was 25%, it cost, 25% uh, melting loss, co- uh, costs, whatever that means. Let me understand. Oh, we'll stop here.